Are you ready for the winter? Is your RV ready for the winter? This is the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt, and we are your host on the RV Life Podcast. The RV Life Podcast was created to entertain, educate, and explore all things RV life. Dan and I have been on the road full time for almost two years. We started a YouTube channel two years ago to inspire others to get out and live life fully. And we hope the podcast will do the same. Well, I'll tell you what. I asked the question, are you ready for winter? And the answer to that question for me is absolutely not. No, because we're going to choose to go south. So we are headed to Florida to warmer weather. And so trying to prepare the RV for the winter is just not something we need to do. I'll tell you what, right now we are in Virginia and... I got to tell you, it's cold here. It's getting down in the 30s at night. Oh, my. Now, each week on our podcast, we are going to have a fun fact. And this week's fun fact is, why is it so cold this year in 2022? Why is it so cold, Dan? Well, you know, I I reached out to some of my friends in the weather business and their weather people and weather men and girls on television. And what they tell me is there's a polar vortex and it's emerging in the stratosphere over the North Pole. Sorry, Santa. And guess what? It will impact the weather as we head in to the winter of 2022-23. Wow. Yes, I I didn't necessarily understand all that, but I did understand the part where it's going to impact the weather and be colder as we get into the winter because we're not even into the winter yet. Well, let's hope that polar vortex doesn't get down to Florida and the Tampa RV show where we will be in January. Yes, we will. So anybody in the area, please reach out. Now, it is cold and when it gets cold, all the ducks, you know what they do? They fly south. Guess what? That's what we're going to do, too. We're going to head to Florida. But for those of you who are choosing to stay in the winter, we're going to talk about all things preparing your RV for being in the winter weather. And don't forget to prepare me to be in the cold. And we're going to do all that right after this break. National Indoor RV Centers with over 1,000 motorhomes available across multiple locations. National Indoor RV Centers continues to provide an outstanding hassle-free motorhome ownership experience. National Indoor is the number one Newmar dealer in the nation and also features brands like Integra, Winnebago, and much more. Visit nirvc.com and become a part of the National Indoor RV Centers family. Clear 2.0 continues to bring its expanding line of water filtration products to RVers with innovations such as their DirtGuard sediment pre-filter, their 1 micron solid carbon block inline water filter, and a wide variety of high quality filters for your RV's whole house filter system. When it comes to clean water for your RV life, the answer is clear. Clear 2.0. Visit clear2.com and use the coupon code RVLIFEPODCAST to save an additional 5% on every purchase.
This is the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. And today's guest, for the last 25 years, he's conducted RV maintenance and safety seminars. He's developed dealer and owner training programs. He's written RV safety and handyman articles, authored an RV handbook, and a reference guide. And guess what? This man has lost. I, I can't even believe this number. This man has logged over a hundred thousand miles on the road in an RV. He's not just a man; he is Superman. Wow, we are. We wouldn't go that far. We are talking about Dave Salberg, managing editor of the RV Repair Club. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Glad to be here. Thank you. Now, I understand I did say RV Repair Club, but I understand that your organization has a name change. What has it been changed to? Well, they're going to uh, launch it in, as the RV Lifestyle and Repair Community coming in. And part of that is that we're going to expand, you know, the original focus was repairs um, and calling it the RV Repair Club. RV Repair is the number one search tag in the Internet. And so that was kind of the original emphasis and to get into repair. And it's more than just repair. It's maintenance and upgrades. Um, you know, 50 percent of the breakdowns that CoachNet gets on their calls is people not understanding the system. So that's that's kind of why we tried to migrate a little bit more to do more lifestyle boondocking. In fact, we just shot two classes a couple of weeks ago. One was on boondocking and the other one was on connectivity. So really nothing to do with repair is more than, you know, how do we enjoy this RV, uh, you know, experience much better when we're going out with all the new technology. Right. Just a wealth of information. And today's topic, we're talking about winterizing your RV, whether we're talking about camping in those cold weather climates or whether you're getting ready to store your RV. So let's start. Where are you right now? I am in northern Iowa, uh, Clear Lake. We are about 20 miles away from Winnebago, where I kind of cut my teeth on RVs. And I actually say I cut my teeth on RVs and pop-up trailers when my folks would rent and the four boys of us would go all over the country. There's, there's nothing like camping in New York City in a cement slab. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we just hit... Um, 18 degrees last night. It's right now uh, 24 degrees. So we are right in the thrust of winterizing. <laughs> 18 degrees? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my. 18 degrees. Uh, I hope you have those RVs winterized. Um, you know, you know. In, in the intro I have here of you, you know, the thing that impressed me the most um from somebody, I, I, I've, we're just just reaching over uh, twenty thousand miles logging over the last two years, a hundred thousand miles. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, you and why you've driven so much and spent so much money on diesel over the years. And I would say I'm probably closer, uh, well over one hundred and fifty thousand now. That was uh, that was an old intro. Um, I spent five years on the road with Winnebago traveling, training dealers. I was the marketing manager after that. Uh, we would take a new prototype out and train dealers, and I would go out, um, you know, for almost uh, ten thousand miles at a time. Because once you hit ten thousand on the on that prototype, then uh, we would sell it to a dealer so that we didn't have to sell it used it would be a demo unit at that time so we just kept rotating um, units and I I went, went to California uh, dozens and dozens of times I would go out there back in in that uh, time period we had about 20 dealers 
around just Los Angeles area. So I, I spent eight weeks uh, in Los Angeles and I never towed a vehicle. So I, I would take a 36 footer most of the time uh, between 36 and 40 and in and out of LA. Uh, I would love to go down to Sunset Strip in, in Hollywood. Um, I do, I'll give you a little tip, but this foot motorhome has to fit in two metered parking spots. And if you let those expire, you get two tickets, not just one. So there's a $100 tip for you. Um, every, then every year, uh, we take a motorhome uh, out to Colorado. My cousins, aunts and uncles are out there, my wife's parents and family. So we would take the grandkids uh, out, out there, um, you know, every year. And so a lot of miles. Wow. You are definitely the person to talk to our listeners about RV storage. So for right now, let's talk about storing your RV. I know a lot of people are thinking about that and starting to prepare their RV if they haven't already done that. Give us a tip on how to prepare your RV for storage for the winter. Well, the, the first thing I always tell everybody is make sure you go through your RV thoroughly and get all the food out of it that's in there. Um, anything that would be chewable for rodents and, um, you know, uh, anything that would freeze. And a lot of people forget that they've got stuff in the freezer or the refrigerator, uh, liquids, you know, pop, stuff like that. And they come back in in the spring and they open it up and here's these exploded pop cans all over the place. So get everything out of there you can. Uh, and then, you know, winterizing, there's two different philosophies in winterizing. One is to do the RV antifreeze, the pink antifreeze. And the other one is to blow all the air or all the water out with air in there. And it, it kind of depends on how you're RVing and storing. Um, you know, to me, I've, I've always been the air method. And, um, you know, I actually designed this little tool that I just took the end of a, a garden hose and cut it off and put an air chuck with a worm gear on one end so I can I can actually screw this into the city water fill and hook my air compressor up and then dial it down to 40 PSI. And I can go in and blow everything out of the inside of it. And then, you know, so a lot of people say, well, I'm going to use it occasionally. So I'm going to use the pink antifreeze. And, and that's, that's fine. Um, you know, you can, there's, there's two methods to do that. You either fill the freshwater tank up with about 10 gallons of, of the pink antifreeze and then run it through with the pump, or you have a winterizing valve that let, literally lets you swap, uh, turn the valve. And then it, it has a hose that goes into the gallon of antifreeze and you run that through till you get all the, the pink stuff. Now, a lot of people don't like the taste, even though it says there's no taste to it, there is a little bit of a kind of a filmy, uh, oily type of thing. It's, it's a antifreeze. It's, you know, glycol. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, if you're going to use it, what I've always done is some people say, well, I'm going to winterize it, but yet I might pull it out and use it for a weekend here and there. So uh, what I always did is blow everything out of it and then just take some gallons of, of water with me and, you know, some in for the drinking in the refrigerator. Uh, I Four or five gallons I would put in the shower. And then if somebody needed to use the toilet, they could just dump and flush the toilet with that water out of there. So if you put a, you know, a couple of gallons of antifreeze down in the holding tanks, they're not going to freeze. So we did, we did this a lot going to Colorado, you know, because we'd winterize the unit, but then we'd take off and go out there for Christmas. Um, in Colorado, it's, it's kind of 
fun out there because you can have a 70 degree day one day and then get six feet of snow the next day and it's 24 degrees and then it'll be 70 you know so you're you're in and out of freezing temperatures and 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 that's what you see a lot with people that full-time around the mountains um i do a i do a seminar at the shows and on, on RV buying and I ask anybody uh, who's going to camp in the winter time and, you know, we get some people, Oh, no way. And so, well, you know, who's going to camp in the winter where it's warm, uh, that's still winter, but you can get freezing temperatures almost any month out of the year in the mountains. So, you know, a lot of these people have to be kind of prepared for, you know, you might not just be winterizing to store it completely, but, you know, be prepared to hit those, those cold weather pockets that you can get in the mountains and, and so forth. We actually picked our RV up. Now, this is the first time, really, for me, RVing. Picked our RV up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It was the coldest day in 125 years. Now, that wasn't even the biggest problem. The biggest problem was the gallons and gallons and gallons of pink stuff that was put in the fresh water tank. Now, I'm very sensitive to smells. And the smell of that just made me crazy. Do you recommend putting that? What is that pink stuff called? First of all, do you recommend putting that in the freshwater tank? The the pink stuff is RV antifreeze. And uh, I'm not sure of the technical, but it's a glycol. Um, You know, it's similar to the antifreeze that you would use in a car or truck, except it's, um, you know, it's non-toxic. they say supposedly there's no taste to it, um, but you know, I mean, you 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 saw what that happens. I personally recommend people put in a um, winterizing valve, and, and what that does is it's a valve that will switch the pull of the onboard pump f- from the freshwater tank to a, a hose, and it's just a hose that is you know teed in. And then that hose just sits in the service compartment. And then when you turn the valve, you put the hose into a gallon of antifreeze and it pulls it up through the pump versus putting it in the tank. You know, if you don't have that, you have to put it in the tank. Um, But there are ways of of flushing that out, but it takes a long time to do it. It takes a lot of water to do it. Um, You know, the bleach is, is the best way to do it, but... There are alternatives. Um, Thetford makes a freshwater tank cleaning product that uh, a lot of people like. Uh, You can use vinegar that uh, it takes a little more time to do that and get everything out of there. So you you can flush a lot of that stuff out. But uh, again, I I personally recommend putting a, a winterizing valve kit in it because it's just so much easier and takes so much less antifreeze. Right. Okay. So, so I, I say the air method is probably the best way to go and never put that pink stuff in your freshwater tank. But in the black, in the, in the gray, if you want to use it there, uh, do you agree, Dave? That's not a bad place to use it. No, I, I agree. We put a little bit down there. Uh, one thing to be very careful of was when you use an air compressor and, and blow out with the air method, you have to dial that down to 40 PSI. Your, your average air compressor is going to be up into about 120 PSI for tire filling and so forth. And that could blow your lines out. So you make sure you dial that down. 
Yeah, that that's for sure. That that that's a great tip. Uh, now, Dave, do me a favor. Let, let's, you know, obviously uh, getting rid of the water in the lines, getting rid of the water in the tanks and that type of thing. Those are pretty normal things. What are some of the things that people maybe miss or kind of jump over? People forget that they have an ice maker in the refrigerator. So you have a water line that comes underneath the sink with a filter, typically, and then that supplies water up to your ice makers. That's going to freeze and, and it, you know, bust the pipes, bust the ice maker, um, ruin that. So you need to take that filter out, put the plug in. And typically what you do, even if you're going to do RV antifreeze, don't run that through there. Just run your ice maker, shut the water off, run your ice maker through two, three cycles, and that'll get all the water out of that. The next thing is uh, you have an outside shower that has to be drained as well. They forget about that. They forget about the uh, shower or the sprayer for the toilet that needs to be flushed out as well. And then uh, the last thing is uh, that when you blow the system out with air, you still have some water in the P traps of your, your uh, drain system, you know, your, your sinks and so forth. So, I recommend just dumping a little bit of RV antifreeze down the sinks. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I always do is Thetford makes a uh, valve conditioner. It's just a liquid that, that you've got these spade valves for your gray and your black water and your, and your toilet. They're the rubber seals. So just dump, you know, a bottle of that stuff down and that conditions all that stuff while it sits in storage. So I got one more quick question on that. What, what about tires? Is there anything that we should do with tires? And again, let, let's talk from, you know, these big class A tires like I, I have um, all the way down to the travel trailer tire. That's uh, not much more than an inner tube. Yep. Well, and I've done a lot of research on tires. I, I helped develop the RV safety and education foundation uh, training program, safety program, and tires were a huge problem. They still are today in the RV industry. Uh, when storing them, you know, the first thing is, is you want to properly inflate them and proper inflation is not what's on the side of the tire. It's what weight is on that tire according to how you're using it. So your large class A, you need to weigh that coach find out what weights on that tire and then go to the rvsafety.com site and get their tire chart. And that'll tell you in this application with this weight on that tire, this is what you have. What's stamped on the side of the tire is maximum pressure at maximum weight. So if your rig isn't up to 26,000 pounds, GVWR or whatever your chassis is, that 110, 120 pound PSI is, is not the correct PSI. A lot of manufacturers today are, are actually weighing their coaches and putting a recommended pressure on a sticker, but that still doesn't take into account what you're putting in there for weights. So I think it's important to do that. Get the proper um, inflation in there. If you're, if you leave your tires outside, make sure you cover them. You know, the, the hardest thing on tires is the sun beating down on them and UV degradation or what we call weather checking. And, uh, you know, that's important to, to keep them covered. Do not use any tire shine or dressing in it. All the tire manufacturers say mild soap and water and, and let them dry off because the petroleum's in that will, will degrade the tire. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, 
it used to be uh, years ago that they said get the weight off them because you'll flatten the, the bottoms, but there's no real proof, um, actual you know science in that. So that, that, that's not as important in today's age as, as much as said, but you know, keep those tires covered. Okay, we are talking with Dave Solberg, the managing editor of the RV Repair Club. And uh, we're going to come back with Dave in just a minute when we have a word from our sponsor. When traveling in your RV, how do you navigate? Do you use a paper map, a GPS, or do you use Google Maps? Our sponsor, RV Trip Wizard, has the solution. And it just works. This is episode one of the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. Today, we are talking with Dave Solberg of the RV Repair Club. Now, Dave, you guys have, you know, before we get back into the topic, uh, you have videos. And as I went through your website after we talked uh, last month, You've got videos on everything RV, all things RV. You've got it all. We have over 300 videos. Yep. T tell us about RV Repair Club a little bit and about how RV Repair Club, uh, you know, how, how do you people join and what do you get to be part of the community? The RV Repair Club is, you know, we're, we're actually going to change the name to RV Lifestyle and Repair Community because the videos aren't just about repair. That's the number one search tag out on the internet. So that was the choosing that. And the focus to start with was repairs because, you know, so many people walk out of their everyday life in their house and they get an RV and they expect to be able to just flip a switch and it works. And 50% of the calls that Coach Nick get are, are people not understanding how the system works. So they spend 20, 30 minutes walking through the fact that you know, there's LP, there's 12 volt and there's 120 volt all working together in this, not like your home. So you can't just flip this switch and there is some maintenance. So, you know, what, what we looked at is not only repairs, but maintenance and how things work. Um, you know, when I look at a topic, a content topic, let's take refrigerators, for example. Very first video that I do is going to be, this is how the refrigerator works. You know, so that it, it is, it's a video owner's manual because, you know, let's face it, the owner's manuals in most of these RVs are, are pretty generic to be very kind. Um, you know, I used to know the, I knew the gentleman that made the uh, owner's videos or owner's manuals for Winnebago, and he was a great writer, but he wasn't an RVer, and he was a little bit tied in what the legal department would let him say to anybody. So, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to have a video, and even if you have the best walk around from the best RV dealership in the world, you still only remember about 10% of it. So uh, we start with the orientation, basically, is this is how the system works. And that can eliminate a lot of problems that people have out in the marketplace. Here's how to maintain it so it'll run more efficient. And then we get into troubleshooting. So, the, you know, the whole spectrum of videos is upgrades, maintenance, how-to, and, and troubleshooting. And, you know, one of the things that we, we, we really emphasize that we're going to show you some of this stuff to get into the electrical system and, and the LP system, I bring an RVIA certified master technician in to go through it. And even then, he, he has precautionary stuff saying, this is something you really need to take to a technician, but we like to show it so that you're better educated when you do talk to the dealer. Very valuable. And I'm going to say the name, the new name again, RV Lifestyle and Repair Community. 
what a valuable um, 300 videos, such valuable information. So thank you. I want to get into people living in their RV. Now, Dan and I live full-time in our RV, but we kind of go south for the winter. So we don't stay necessarily in the cold weather. Those people who do like to winter in the cold weather, give us some things that would be really helpful for people to know. Well, yeah, and you're seeing a lot more people that, uh, especially with the pandemic, that went into the RV lifestyle almost full time. And, you know, they thought, well, why, I'm not going to go to work. If I have to work from home, why stay in this little room here? Why not get an RV and enjoy it? And, and you see a lot more people that are going to full time and, and using it in the wintertime. You know, we see it in our area, especially, we see a lot of construction workers, see a lot of mobile nurses, uh, CPAs that are using this full time, they have to, to to stay in very cold weather. So, uh, you know, the first thing that I, I tell people is, is if you're going to stay in an area, find a skirting or some kind of an underbelly uh, protection that will keep the cold air from blowing underneath it. Make sure that you have some form of winterizing. Um, you know, the biggest thing is where are the water lines going to be? Don't care so much about the black and gray water tanks. I can. I can put antifreeze in there. Where are those hot and cold lines running? If they're above floor level and you're living in it full time, they're pretty much protected. But when you start looking at those that are, you know, you probably have a, you said you had a class A, I believe. And Correct. You're, okay, your water lines are going to be below the floor level. Uh, they're going to run to a service center. Now, they do claim to be heated for year-round use, but what they don't tell you is there, there's one heat duct that generally goes into the basement. The thing about a, an RV that people don't realize that's different than your home is if you don't have that really good HVAC design in an RV where you've got cold air returns in every single room and, and you've got a good flow of the, the air system in there, you get pockets in RVs. And, you know, I, I've had units that froze up solid at 25 degrees that were supposedly, you know, heated for year round use. And you've got those water lines that are only half an inch wide and they're running right along the edge of the compartment door and you get a good wind coming from the side you, you need to protect those you need to find some way um, we, we have what's called the winter dance party every February I'm in Clear Lake Iowa and we have a celebration of the 50s recently it's Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and Big Bopper Played their concert and they tragically had a plane crash so every february we have this celebration of that music every february it gets down to like minus 20 for some reason but we have uh, 10 units that we bring out for the musicians uh, because the surf doesn't have a really good green room and and facility so we get local rvs to come in here so we really have to be prepared uh, for those guys using those things and Sometimes we put an uh, auxiliary heater in the service compartment, so all those lines in there can be protected. Uh, other times we'll do a heat blanket, uh, tapes. You know, there's a variety, depending on if you have 120 volt available or not, you know, so you got to be prepared with that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the other thing that I tell people, and, and I, you know, I get two, three dozen questions a day from different sources. I also... Um, and the technical advisor for the uh, 
rvtravel.com. And we get a lot of people there that are, are using their RVs in the wintertime. And the, the next thing then is, you know, your RV is not insulated like your house. Your house has two by six walls with insulation in there. And your RV, if you're lucky, has an inch and a half. And so you've got about an R9 out of the sidewall of those things. So plus all these windows that are in there, you know, and, and well, they're dual pane windows. Well, yeah, but they're not argon gas filled. They're air filled. And they also have a little vent down there. So, you know, the more you can put in like reflectix, uh, insulating blankets in there, uh, they've got some insulation for the roof vents and, and those things. So uh, you really need to, to take a look at, at where you're camping, what your average temperature is going to be. And then one of the things that I always tell people, if you're going to do any camping in the wintertime, bring along a small little catalytic heater. You know, Campco makes one, the Olympian. Mr. Buddy uh, has one and, you know, they're one of the safest auxiliary heat sources that you can get because they, there's hardly any carbon monoxide that comes out of that. You don't get the condensation in it. Uh, it's safe for pets around there. And, you know, you think about it, you don't have to heat your entire RV all day long because you know, you're going to be in the living room, you know, in the daytime, then you're going to be in the bedroom at the night. So turn the heater down, save a little propane, uh, but then supplement that area that you're living in. Wow. You, uh, you hit a lot of stuff there. Um, so let's, let's start way back at the beginning. And the, the first thing you said, uh, is you talked about some kind of skirting or something around the bottom of your RV to keep that airflow from going underneath your RV. Now, you had me laughing for a week when we talked uh, last month. You sat out in Iowa. You guys just put some bales of hay over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. our, uh, one, of, one of our sponsors is a company called Air Skirts, and they actually have blow-up tubes uh, that kind of mold to around the outside of the RV. And those things were, I mean, I, I saw a demonstration of them. They, they work incredible. Um, it, it's It's... It's incredible the difference inside an RV that has that bottom area skirted as opposed to one that's not. So let's just talk about that area for a second. Yeah. Well, you know, the, a lot of people have gotten very creative. Um, you know, there's several of the like Harbor Freight sells uh, moving blankets. And I've seen a lot of people in this area will go down and they'll buy the moving blankets and they'll either put Velcro sewn on or snaps and then they just you know, skirt the whole thing all the way around the bottom of it. Um, you know, there's there's some padded vinyl. Uh, there's a lot of companies, and I'm sure Campco makes something that, that is already pre-made with a padded vinyl type of thing with the snaps in it. I've seen those. But uh, just recently, there is a product that came out that is an air-filled. Have you seen that? Um, yeah, air skirts. I, That's I, one of our yes. sponsors. It, it's it's Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Incredible. I, I, yeah, I, I saw that at the Hershey Show last year. Yes, and I just walked yes. by and I went, I went, that's one of those things you go, duh, why didn't <laughs> I think of that? You know, I mean, I, Dan I, says I thought, blow well, up. Could... They're inflatable. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah. Well, they could blow up if you're not careful. <laughs> they, but... they could if you inflate them too much. But, but yeah. what's nice is no, they brilliant. inflate with a pump that mm -hmm. comes with them and then it deflates them. So they are relatively compact for storage. Just, you know, I just thought that's a lot easier to try to store than the hay bales. 
Yeah, Jim and his team do a great job. They actually make it, you know, you you send them and they have the specs for every camper on the marketplace. So if you have a, what was that Winnebago that you had back in the 80s? What was it called? Well, I had, uh, I, I took a variety of them, a Sunflyer, the Chieftain. Right, the uh, Sunflyer, that's the one that you talked about on the show. Let's just use right. that for an example. You you say, I've got a 1988 Sunflyer by Winnebago and they look up the specs of it, and then they actually make these tubes to fit around that thing perfectly. Uh, you know, Jim and his team do a really, really great job. But, but you know, the Iowa way, uh, let's get some bail and say, hey, and put it around the, the rig. Doesn't that cause a, 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 a little varmint problem? Well, it, it, it could. Um, you know, the, the thing that I tell people, and we have – Know, probably the worst area for mice and rats out here because we've got so many storage facilities with grain and you know, I mean they're all over the place and you get in, in cold weather so they just migrate to whatever you can and uh, you know the, the problem with the hay bales anymore is that the price of hay's gone up so much so they can't afford to buy those fifteen things if you're not a farmer already it, it seems like and they're a little hard to store and carry around if you move if you move anywhere but. Um, <laughs> You know, the one thing I tell people is that you really need to take some time. Uh, we got a lot of videos on on the site showing how to go in and look at areas where mice and rats can get in. And any opening place you have, you know, I, I tell people get underneath because a mouse can get into a hole the size of smaller than a dime even. And you start crawling mm -hmm. under some of these RVs and you see the holes. I mean, they they, they cut a, a eight inch diameter hole for a half inch pipe to come through and then they squirt a whole bunch of that expandable foam up in there well that doesn't stay in there and mice can chew through that pretty easy so um, you know I, I highly recommend you take some time and crawl underneath that thing and and just identify all those spots and seal that stuff up you know get a plate that makes it a lot smaller uh, put put some more stuff silicones or things that they can't really get through as well uh, there's a couple products out that uh, I've come across. One of them is called Mouse Free, which is a spray-on. Uh, they guarantee it for a year. It's a spray-on product that is non-toxic. It's actually a mint-based product, which mice and rats hate. Problem with most of those mint things, like spearmints and peppermint stuff, is they dissipate really fast. And so uh, this has a real proprietary, um, kind of like a Teflon with it. One I just saw being advertised a lot is Grandpa Gus now has packets of uh, stuff that uh, they're starting to guarantee too. So there are some products out there other than the old fashioned baits and things like that that are um, friendly for pets and children. I do see a lot of people trying to fight the whole mouse rodent, whether you're in warm weather or cold weather. So we are going to put those suggestions in the show notes for people mouse free and grandpa gump and we'll we'll put links grandpa in there gus. for people gus. grandpa gus oh gus okay yeah. i'm making up names yep. now i do you know my, my folks idea. always did the the mothballs and yes. you know the and but and i know why they did it because i remember staying overnight at my grandma's on the farm and the, every closet in the house was filled with mothballs and you know so that I think that's what they like that. And some people like dryer sheets and, and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the problem with those homemade remedies like that is, you know, some people say they work, some people say they don't work. 
it's hard to tell because you don't know till six months later. Right. And and mice just, it depends on the area they're in is what I'm, you know, getting mm -hmm. from people. Now, you also talked about the insulation. We took down all the window covering in our RV with thick thermal insulation, which has really made a difference both in the winter and summer. We do have a space heater that's made a huge difference for us as well. Um, so great, really great tips for keeping people warmer in the winter months. Okay, I have one more question here. And it's something that we get all the time. As a matter of fact, I had a discussion. I'm looking out my front window to the gentleman that's got a Monaco just like ours, a couple years newer. And he and I had a discussion about this yesterday afternoon. Heat pumps. Um, all these units from, let's say, you know, 2002 on uh, are equipped with heaters uh, and air conditioners and heat pumps. Uh we find that our heat pump works extremely well. Talk to us about efficiency of heat pumps and and answer the lifelong question of how cold can it be outside and still use your heat pump? Well, the uh, heat pumps, you know, are very popular in the residential market um, in places where you don't get down below freezing temperatures. And in the RVs, the heat pumps are typically part of the air conditioning system. So you have an air conditioner on the roof and it starts off by drawing interior air up and flashing it through the evaporator and it cools down to about 16 degrees because of the coolant that's, that's in there. And with the heat pump, it literally runs backwards. So you're using the same components in your air conditioner, but it runs backwards and it's drawing BTUs from the outside air that so that the fan pulls air in and it will it will heat the air coming through, through the evaporator coils. Um, but from what I've seen in most of those is that it works down to about 50 degrees, maybe a little bit cooler than that. And the reason people like that is because if you're camping at a campground and you're hooked up to electricity, then you can literally heat that coach between that 50 degree and 68 degree temperature that you, know, you want to keep it at virtually free. Um, you know, if otherwise you've got to run your, your furnace and you're going to run your LP down. And so people look at that and say, wow, I can just get free heat. Now I have heard some people that say that they, they run down, um, you know, efficiently into the forties and it kind of depends on your air conditioner and how efficient it, it actually runs, um, in that area. But that's what it's doing. It's, it's just taking your outside ambient temperature, pulling it in and, and hitting that air with it, um, trying to get it down to a point where you get some free heat, basically. Uh, there are some too that they have a heat strip in there. So that's just literally a coil inside the air conditioner that heats up, glows and pushes. And, and um, I haven't really used many, Winnebago very seldom ever used those. And, you know, the, the units that I've had since that didn't have that. So I, you know, I, I haven't seen those that, that efficient, uh, but again, you know, that, that, that's going to draw a lot of power. Dave, you have give our, given our listeners so much great information, and I just want to thank you. And I want to direct our listeners again to the new name, which is RV Lifestyle and Repair Community, to get their questions answered, a wealth of videos, and just so much knowledge 
And we are so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I believe uh, the current price is $75 annually to be a part of your organization or to be a member of that community. That might be the best $75 that you ever spend in the RV industry because one place you can go and if you have a question, you can get it answered. And if it's not covered in those videos, you can get on their their social media, private pages and that kind of thing and they will answer them there. Guys, I gotta tell you, this RV Repair Club, I it, it is, I, I'm gonna say essential. It is just really great. I know, Dave, you have a wealth of knowledge we'd love to have you back i'm i'm gonna talk to you about making this like a quarterly thing and having you come back on you know four times a year because everybody's always got questions about their rv and what to do next and how to do it next and just definitely a wealth of knowledge so glad to meet you uh we saw you at hershey we won't be seeing you at tampa i think you're going to be at the other side of the world but if you ever have a chance to stop and talk to dave solberg from the RV Repair Club, you want to do it because it's just gem after gem after gem after gem. You're listening to the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. We're going to be back in just a minute with this week's question of the week and RV Life tip of the week on the RV Life Podcast. Selling your RV after years of enjoying it should not be painful. Whether you're upgrading, downsizing, or simply ready to sell, the experts at National Vehicle will help you set a proper valuation for your RV, list it, and sell it when you are ready. An RV valuation is always free at National Vehicle. Get started today by visiting nationalvehicle.com slash RVLife. When it comes to understanding the true value of your RV, reach out to the experts at National Vehicle. Why end your camping season when it gets cold? With the inflatable RV skirting system from Air Skirts, you can extend your camping season year-round. Reach out to Jim and his team by visiting airskirts.com for more information. RV Life Podcast listeners get $100 off a kit order when you use code RVPOD. That is RV P-O-D for $100 off. Air skirts are just so cool. You know, we met Jim and Melanie and the rest of the crew at the Hershey RV show. They are, as Dan said, incredible. These people are just loving what they're doing. They have an incredible product. We've said incredible too many things, but that is truly what air skirts are. Now, full disclosure, we do not have air skirts. I repeat, we do not have air skirts. However, we were in their booth at the Hersey RV show and we were recording the three coolest things. Okay. That's funny. Three coolest things. But anyway, we were recording a video for our YouTube channel, the three coolest things that we found. And that is on our YouTube channel. There'll be a link to it in the show notes below. But a customer came up to me as he was watching me do this spot or this little bit inside of their booth. And he said, it was the best decision that I ever made. And he does go to Florida, but still he has a place. And I think he said Hilton Head and it gets cold down there and windy, especially when you're on the beach area. We just love this company. We love the people behind this company and we can't say enough about them. Yes, I, I agree. But let's get in. I just want to talk to people about 
Each week, we are going to have a question of the week. So stay tuned. We're going to get to the question of the week. This is a question from a listener or viewer, people we meet. But first, we're going to do the RV Life Pro Tip of the Week with Patrick Buchanan. Our RV Life Pro Tip this week spotlights the elevation and grade features of RV Life Trip Wizard. RVers are often concerned about the elevation their route goes through and the grade of some of those steeper roads. Even an RV safe route can be uncomfortable for new RVers. Know before you go using the elevation and grade tool built into TripWizard. After planning your route, pull up the elevation and grade tool and follow along the route for areas of concern and change your route to one you are more comfortable with if necessary. Grades are color-coded for easy identification. See the elevation and grade chart in action on the RV Life Podcast Instagram page. I'm Pat Buchanan with your RV Life Pro Tip of the Week. The elevation feature on RV Trip Wizard really is helpful. Dan and I traveled up the Pacific Coast Highway, and knowing those elevations is just so valuable to have that. You know, the five days that we went over Mount Shasta and we were in that area, it really helps to know that I'm going to go up 10,000 feet today, and I'm going to go, you know, to me, going down is even harder than going up. I mean, our baby, she just goes up those hills with no problem at all. Going down, just a little bit scary, especially when a big 15 or 18, 16 wheeler, whatever they called, comes by you going 75 or 80 miles an hour. But that is a a feature of the RV Trip Wizard. It is a great feature of it. But now let's get into the question of the week. We've had a at one of our viewers, but we hear this question all the time time, especially this time of the year. And that is, what is the best way to stop air from coming in under your RV? So when you're staying in those cold climates, what's the best way? Well, you know, the best way for me personally is to get an Explorer 1 and head down 95 to Florida. That's what I do. Now, our guest today, Dave, he lives in the Midwest and it's pretty darn cold up there. And he talked about he has used hay bales. I'm not sure I'm going to recommend that one to our listeners, but Dave, thanks for the thought. (laughs) He says it works. Our concern is mice, rats, and other animals, you know, setting up their little homes in there. So not sure about that one. But another idea that we heard that I think might be a good idea, and this is from Happily Ever Hanks. They have a YouTube channel and they told us they use foam core around the outside bottom of the RV. That sounds like a decent idea. Now, they actually did a complete video on how they put the foam core up because they stayed in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania, I'm sorry. They stayed in Pennsylvania last winter and it was a pretty snowy winter. Um, and, you know, these guys are just great people and they're going to be guests on the RV Life podcast in just a few weeks. We are looking forward to that show. But our number one recommendation, the number one recommendation is from our sponsor and is Jim and his gang at Air Skirts. We had, as Dan said, the opportunity to touch these. They are long tube-like things that inflate using a pump. What's nice is you also use the pump to deflate them. So they pack away in your RV when you don't need them. But I'll tell you, if I were staying anywhere cold, that would be the 
the way that I'd want to keep warm. So we are just about to wrap up the show, but Patty's going to tell you all about our brand new social media pages that we just put up this week. You could find us at RV Life Podcast on either Instagram or Facebook. Send us a message, you know, connect with us. I read, and I'm going to say I read every comment, every question. Please get in touch. Let us know, you know, if you have a question, if you have an idea for a guest, and also let us know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. That's because I read some of them too, not all of them. (laughs) I'll keep reading the comments and you keep editing. Fair trade. We want to thank Dave from the RV Repair Club for being our guest today. We are looking forward to putting this show up and having Dave back on the show uh, and very, very soon. We've got a lot of great shows all lined up for you for the entire month of December. The new shows come out each and every Wednesday. Today, we are in Manassas, Virginia. And guys, it's cold out here. Wish we had those air skirts right now. But we are in Manassas, Virginia. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt, reminding you to have a great rest of today. And an even better day tomorrow. Tomorrow.